For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am really excited about what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to explore why podcasting is a trend that your business needs to focus on, as I'm joined by industry analyst Michael Wolf. I am extremely bullish on podcasting, and extremely is in all caps, you know. I mean, I am all in on podcasting, and I'm even more excited about what you're going to hear today. You're going to discover why I think you should be too. Now, if you're not a podcaster, you'll discover the incredible opportunity that is literally right at your doorstep. And if you are a podcaster, you're going to get some awesome insight into where this marketplace is headed. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Without any further delay, let's transition over to that awesome interview right now. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Michael Wolf. If you don't know who Michael is, he's the host of the Next Market podcast. He's also the chief analyst at Next Market Insights, where he tracks the growing world of podcasting. And in my opinion, there's nobody on the planet that has tracked the world of podcasting better than Michael has. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So today, Mike and I are going to explore the amazing growth that's been happening in the world of podcasting and what opportunities exist for you as a marketer. Mike, let's start with your research. Um, you wrote an article back in April of 2013 uh, for Forbes, and it was called Funny Men and iPhones, Why the Podcast is Finally Coming into Its Own. And I want to play a little clip from this um, which, which you called podumentary, and then I want to talk about it a little bit, okay? So let's play just the beginning of this thing. You know, podcasting is really just as old as guys standing on stumps and making speeches and old-time crooners speaking into megaphones. It's really just, I've got something to say, who wants to hear it? That was Adam Carolla, who I recently talked to because I wanted to find out more about the podcast business. Okay, so um, first of all, talk to us a little bit, Mike, about this podumentary and what were you trying to accomplish and what exactly did you do? Yeah, so, you know, I'm an analyst and, and 
by training, that's I like to dig deep into topics, and those oftentimes are around technology and media. And so when I looked at the world of podcasting, which I'm a big fan of, I listen to a lot of podcasts, I'm kind of an addict, I saw that things were changing. More more people were using them. They're getting easier to use and, and consume, and, and things like iPods and apps were just making it easier. So that was happening, but at the same time, I didn't see a corresponding change in attitude from people in the world of media around it because, you know, podcasting has oftentimes been or has been, I would say, for the last five years kind of viewed as kind of a lower form of media or kind of viewed as like the redheaded stepchild Mm. in the world of media. And even among online and new media startups, which I'm pretty familiar with, they weren't embracing weren't embracing podcasting. So I, I kind of wanted to dig in and find out why. So I, I went and talked to quite a few people, including big name hosts like Adam Carolla, who owns his own podcast company, you know, Ira Glass, who, you know, with NPR and, and Stephen Dunmer from Freakonomics and, and a lot of the people behind the scenes, people like Libsyn and, and Microsoft and just started to do a bunch of research. And along the way, I, I recorded all these conversations and that all kind of led to my 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 article for Forrest, but I had all these conversations that I actually put together for people to listen as well. So what were some of the what were some of the things you discovered after doing all these interviews? Well, I felt like I just you know, I, I, I realized after talking to a lot of these people is there's just a lot of different perspectives on on where we are, but a lot of people feel like we're kind of on maybe the brink of like the podcast getting newfound respect. Um, and that there was a lot of maybe momentum around the business side of things because if you understand, if you look at the podcast world it hasn't been an area of great investment uh from you know technology developers or uh you know venture capitalists it's been like this area where you know there just hasn't been a lot of investment it's kind of been owned by apple with itunes but it feels like now there's we're kind of in this world where people are maybe starting to build out the, the things like the marketing platforms for podcasting and People are investing in building out discovery platforms for podcasting in, in, in kind of a more concerted effort than there has been maybe. So I think that I feel like there's a, there's momentum there. And I, I just feel like also that um, there's just a lot new a lot of new voices as well. So when I talk to people, one of the things you're finding out is there's just a lot of uh, growth in certain categories. Like you know, comedy obviously has been huge, but there's a lot of other new areas like business and, and uh, I think women podcasting. So I, f- I saw that as well. You know, uh, Mike, we, um, it's funny because uh, about a month after your article came out, we actually, while your article came out last year, we were uh, tabulating the research from our 2013 social media marketing industry report. And we surveyed 3000 marketers on everything you can imagine related to social media. And one of the questions that we asked um, mostly because I was new into podcasting. I had started in around August of 2012. One of the questions we asked people was, you know, are you doing podcasting and what are your plans in the future for podcast, you know, in 2013? And the funny thing was that only 5% of the marketers that we surveyed were actually doing any kind of podcasting, including appearances on podcasts. But 23% of them planned on increasing that activity in 2013. Now that delta, that difference between five to twenty-three percent, which is nearly a five X, there was no other anything on on the study that had that kind of hockey stick increase in the, the the difference between doing and desiring to do. And I saw that as the beginning, frankly, of an explosion. And I'm just curious now that 2013 is over with, 
What are your opinions? Has podcasting seen any kind of uptick in 2013? And if so, why? Well, you know, there's no doubt talking to guys like Libsyn, guys like SoundCloud, the guys are actually host the files is that there's been pretty phenomenal growth and looking at the other side of the the equation, like the big podcast hosts talking to guys like Ira glass and, you know, a lot of these big podcasters, the traffic for them, you know, the number of downloads, they're reaching new record download numbers literally like every month. So the signs are all there from a metrics perspective, even though like there's no kind of like uh, Nielsen ratings around podcasting. When you talk to people and when they're looking at their numbers, there's no doubt that there's been growth. But if you just stand back and look at the number of new people that have entered it across a number of categories, and, and I know we're going to talk about the business side, there, there's just an explosion. It seems like every day or every week you look at iTunes top charts, there's like a new podcast that's launched and that you never heard of that is in the top 10 or in top 20 in the categories that you listen to. So that's really exciting for me in that there's just all these new voices. Uh, I think a lot of people saw it as a less crowded uh, channel and a less noisy channel. You know, I come from the world of, of professional tech blogs, right? So I work for a venture funded blog based out of Silicon Valley. Um, and it's, it's hugely noisy in the world of blogging, right? I mean, it's just every, so many people have it. Everyone's competing. So I think a lot of people started to look around and say, well, you know, we can all try to kind of battle against the, you know, the, the big blogs, the, the, you know, the, the BuzzFeeds of the world, the Huffington Post, and try to compete them. Or we can go through another channel that's a form of deeper engagement. So I think that there's a number of advantages to podcasting. One of them is less noisy than blogging. But I also think that it's a, people have realized it's a, it's a deeper form of engagement. And people uh, listen to you and they spend more time with you than like a quick kick on a blog post. So I just, I just think a lot of people realize that. And then that's part of the reason you've seen a lot of growth. Well, let me ask you this. Um, do you think that part of the reason why there's also been a lot of growth is because people are walking around with receivers in their pocket called smartphones and they're beginning to discover that this thing can actually become a replacement for talk radio? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, it goes without saying that the explosion in mobility, um, the low cost of of 3G, the, the new apps like Stitcher and all these other types of apps – all that has kind of created a perfect storm for this uh, new, I guess, growth in listenership of the past couple of years. Because, you know, we just three years ago, it still was kind of the connect and sync model, right? It still was like, okay, let's connect this iPod or whatever to my Mac and we'll do it over a cable. But nowadays, it's pretty much almost always over the air. And I think that has started really to make things easier. There's less what we call friction. So, in, you know, in the world of consumer technology, you want to reduce the friction, make the experience as friction-free as possible, and that kind of leads to higher adoption. And I think that's happened around people having it in their pocket. But I also think even more exciting maybe is the car, right? So we see a lot of growth in, in connectivity into the car. And, you know, just I was just at CES a couple weeks ago, and you had Audi, you had, you know, GM – all announcing that they're going to be putting, you know, high-speed mobile broadband into the dashboards of their 2014, 2015 models. And, you know, we've been talking about this idea, like, let's just punch a button and have, like, a podcast come on uh, on our dashboards in the car for, for, for years. But I think we're kind of we – we're finally at the cusp of this actually happening because mobile broadband is moving into the car. And that that's a potentially a whole new wave 
uh, or a whole new driver. You know, it's intriguing because all you have to do is really step back and look at um, satellite. You know, first satellite came into the car, right, and began taking on radio, right? Like you've got uh, XM radio and such, right? And these were just satellite receivers in the car. So now it sounds like um, they're integrating mobile phones, if you will, into the car that can receive data. I mean, is that the gist of it? And I mean, it almost sounds the Jetsons-like, but but in reality, if you can get the internet into the car in a safe way, and the only really safe thing is audio, well, then doesn't that, that just opens up a massive opportunity for audio producers, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you know, five when Howard Stern went to satellite, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, and that was a kind of a big sea change in the world of broadcast syndicated radio. I think the new thing now, starting in 2009, 2010, was a lot of terrestrial radio and broadcast people started to do podcasts. And I think that you're right. I mean, the the idea of broadband in the car and wireless in the car seemed like science fiction just a few years ago, but now it's it's actually there and the technology's there and it's not super expensive. We're talking about General Motors. We're talking about Chevrolets with high-speed broadband modem embedded in the dashboard. So I think that's hugely exciting. I wouldn't necessarily want to be um, a, a serious satellite radio or a dish, you know, or these guys with birds in the sky because that's a much more expensive infrastructure to support when you see all this uh, mobile broadband technology being enabled in cars and in our pockets and the podcast streaming over that, I think that's a less, a much uh, lower cost and friction-free way to get to us. And you know, um, uh, my marketing hat, here's what's kind of exciting about this for all your marketers that are listening right now. And I've been saying this for a while. Um, you cannot watch video and do anything else at the same time other than maybe eat. <laughs> and you cannot read and do anything else at the same time other than maybe eat. But you can listen to things and do almost anything, right? Um, and what that means now is this allows a new communication medium or a new communication channel that does not require a middleman, right? Like a radio station. And it allows you all of a sudden now to... Um, put long form content out there to an audience that's interested and they can consume it during times when they're not finding much that they're interested in. And I'd love you to talk about this a little bit, right? Because with traditional radio, you've got maybe 10 radio stations programmed into your dial. Um, but there's an unlimited number of shows and, and, and the ability to list, I've gotten emails from people saying, um, I ran a marathon with you, or I'm on the, Whenever I go on the tractor on the farm, I've got you with me. You know what I mean? And there's all these, or you're at the gym with me, or you go on walks with me and my dog. There's all these opportunities that people have that they're out and about. And this is a new medium now to communicate with prospective people. What are your thoughts on this? Do you agree? Well, I absolutely agree. It's it's a truly a multitask plot or a multitask media, right? So when you're talking about YouTube or when you're talking about video of any sorts, it's basically something that you have to give your full dedication to, or else you're going to crash the car. Right. <laughs> right. You're not watching a movie or watching a YouTube video. With, with podcasting, it is one of those things where you're doing something else. You're exercising, you're mowing the lawn. But at the same time, it's hugely, um, uh, it's a hugely uh, intimate format, right? So you, you're in someone's head and they're giving you that 20 minutes of their day. They're giving you that half an hour of their day. So they get to know you at a very, at a very high level and then very intimate level. But at the same time, they're uh, allowed to do that and they're able to do that because they're doing it during their commute or they're doing it during their workout. So 
that's a huge advantage, I think, for for just spoken word in general relative to video or relative to other forms of, uh, I guess, less multitask type forms of media. Um, for your next market podcast, you have interviewed a ton of people from top podcasters to app developers to people behind the networks. What are some of the threads that you're seeing coming together now in the last, you know, maybe a couple of months? I think that there's a lot of experimentation around podcast monetization. Um, I think that, you know, the traditional thought process around getting a podcast out there and ultimately making money is either to get advertisers, you know, if you, you know, what I've heard is if you get over 10,000 downloads, you can start to get interest from some, some premium advertisers like a Squarespace or something like that. So that's kind of the threshold for uh, a third party advertiser. Now, you can always advertise your own content, and I see that a lot uh, of times in the business space or the solopreneur space. People are doing podcasts to, to be basically create a platform for their own products, and that, that's really no different from what the comedians are doing. You're trying to get people to go to your comedy shows. You're trying to sell DVDs, but there's a lot of experimentation around things like uh, uh, patron models, right? So uh, people are creating podcasts, and now uh, there's a new platforms coming to the fore to do things like okay, I want to pay this guy on a recurring basis. So uh, Patreon is a good example. It's a company called Patreon, uh, started by a, 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 a YouTube artist named Jack Conte, one half of Pompamoose, and he started a model, uh, and, he, and he's doing that. So I think that's interesting. Um, well, hold on a second. Pause there. Is it, it's P-A-T-R-I-O-N? What is, what is he doing exactly? I'm curious. So Yeah, so it's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Ah, okay. And it's not just podcasts. It's like YouTube videos or it's um, comedy shows. But basically, if you create content on a recurring basis, you and you have a thousand true fans or you have a hundred true fans, you could go out to your community and say, why not support me and pay on a recurring basis? So every YouTube video I make, every podcast I make, you can pay a dollar. You can pay $10. You can pay a thousand dollars. So that's an interesting platform, and that this hmm. this thing came out, and and I've just noticed podcasters starting to use it. So I'm, it's like I'm a tip print- bucket almost, huh? Yeah, but it's it's a little more involved than the PayPal button on your on your website, right? And you know, I I follow a lot of tech podcasters, and Tom Merritt is one of the big ones. He you know he's with Leo Laporte, and he just went independent, and he's actually started a Patreon campaign, and I think he's up to maybe. Uh, I think a couple thousand for his every podcast he does with uh, he does a podcast with another guy, and they they have a pretty big following. And they're do, I think they're getting a couple thousand dollars a week or something like that. So it, it just goes to show you if you have an audience, you can convert, especially with some of these new and interesting platforms. Well, and just just for folks that are curious, um, we've had over one point eight million downloads to our podcast um, over about a year and a half, and. Um, while it's an awesome medium for uh, connecting with people, it's very hard from a marketing perspective to move someone who is passively listening to actively acting. And I don't know if you found this to be the same with your podcast, Mike, but um, I think it's because the nature of where people are when they're listening, they tend to be mobile. 
um, it, it's very, very hard to get them to actually like purchase something. So from our perspective at Social Media Examiner, one of the main benefits that we have with our podcast is really developing community. And there's a lot of value proposition in that because a lot of these people start with our podcast and then come on over to our our website and join the millions of people over there. And when, when I get out and speak rarely or when I go to a conference, a lot of times that's the first thing out of people's mouths. I love your podcast. So there's kind of a lot of interesting indirect business models with podcasting. Um, if you already have a business, but the other good side of the coin is we've got friends like John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire that is making significant amounts of money doing a daily podcast, which of course is an enormous amount of work. So it's really intriguing to see that there's a lot of kind of experimentation going on in the podcasting world because obviously the audiences are growing. Um, Since you've been tracking some of this audience growth size, do you have any clue what some of the really big podcasters, what kind of audience they have? Yeah, you know, I think that... um there's scales of magnitude that are that probably are reserved for guys who are uh, associated with radio or at some point had were tied to big media that are different than I, what I would say like um, people who are coming from a full truly independent side of things get. So if you look at like Ira Glass and, and This American Life, with, which also gets some gets huge lift from its its national public radio broadcast. You know, I've I've t- I've talked to them and they get a million downloads sometimes for a podcast for a for single episode. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's national public radio, you know, and they've got a huge they've got a huge network behind them that's essentially feeding. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I think that. uh, How about how about an upstart? I mean, like, what about Mark? What's his name? Mark Marin, the WTF guy. I mean, do you have any? Is that? I think his numbers are probably in the hundreds of thousands. I know that um, Freakonomics uh, is in the hundreds of thousands. But I also, you know, you have guys like um, Marco Arment, right? So Marco is a, a a a tech guy. He's a coder. He's one of the key coders behind Tumblr, which I'm sure a lot of your audience is familiar with. And so he, you know, he, he's kind of had a golden touch from a technology perspective, but he just has a lot of people following him on Twitter. So he's completely independent of anything associated with the media entity. And you know, I think early on when he started his podcast, he told me he was getting 30,000 downloads per podcast. So, so that's just driving it uh, from like his Twitter feed and his, his blog and he's not doing any advertising. He just probably does it because he likes to do it. So there's a huge range. Um, I think if you're tied to any sort of media that is like a, a broadcast media or anything, you get, you're going to get some lift from that because people tend to cross over sometimes. Or if you're tied to like a big tech blog. So I'm sure like uh, you know TechCrunch or, or, or uh, Engadget bloggers maybe get a lot of lift for them. But independent guys, if you're getting you know ten to 30,000 uh, downloads, that's a really good number I think. I totally agree. And um, what's really kind of interesting about this is, um, you know, from let, let's transition over to the business side of things. You've been monitoring the business category for a while. And tell us a little bit about what you've seen going on over there. Well, I mean, if you look at the business category, I think that's one of the biggest areas for growth. And, you know, you have, a, if you look at the list of, of business podcasts on, on whatever your discovery platform is, like iTunes, you, know, you have guys tied to traditional media like the Dave Ramseys and, and the Susie Ormans. But where I've seen most of the growth, I think, for the last year or two is in the independent category. So people like yourself, people like Pat Flynn. So the solopreneur space, I think, is really seeing a lot of traction. I think the marketing area where people are experts in, in marketing or an expertise in a certain form of marketing, that's getting a lot of growth. 
So I think that's where uh, I'm seeing a lot of growth is in the independent side. I mean, you're always going to see um, people who have come from uh, something like, uh, you know, the Motley Fool or like name your traditional media platform where people have some ties to like traditional media, but they also have big mailing lists or they have like a couple of decades of building out a list. They're always going to get a podcast audience that they say, hey, hey, you know, come listen to our podcast. We're starting that out. What's exciting is this kind of area where just people are fully independent. I think part of it is being driven by guys, you know, like yourself, like guys like Pat Flynn, uh, who are, uh, you know, being evangelists for the forum, and they're also guesting on each other's podcast. So you see these communities build, and it's kind of a Rat Pack effect. You see that in comedy as well, uh, as a vertical that people are on other podcasts and they build each other's audiences. You know, it's it's interesting because um, you know I, I, iTunes is obviously the big category the big thing that everybody looks at for the rankings and for those that don't know itunes literally changes like every hour it's like amazon and uh, i'm just looking at this moment um in the top 10 and there is only one that's comes from the traditional background and it's the har- i'm in the the management and marketing category and it's the harvard business review idea cast and that one always seems to be you know in the top in this category but every other of them are not from any particular uh traditional broadcasting world Seth Godin pops in and out of there every once in a while but Seth Godin is obviously a self-made guy and he's a marketer um it's very very intriguing um so you know I guess one of the um one of the thoughts that I have is is it too late for someone who's listening right now is there room you know despite the fact that there are probably a hundred podcasts starting every day even in the business category, probably more. Um, is it too late to get started for those that are listening right now, in your opinion, or are we still very early days in this? Well, you know, I always think that there are early arriver advantages. I mean, anyone who's first to a category um, can oftentimes get their audience built. And they they don't necessarily have to be great. They just have to be early. Now, I think we're in the stage of the, the market for podcasts where um, there's a lot of people entering. It's, it's not like this uh, total greenfield area where there's no one doing it but i still think there's there's a lot of opportunity and i think that you have to be good i think there's some kind of things you need to bring to the table um some table stakes if you will that are just required so i think you need to work on quality um you have to have just you know you have to have a certain level of audio quality um otherwise you know people are just going to turn tune out um i think that you need uh, it doesn't hurt to have a platform so if you're someone who writes for something or or if you're someone who um, has some other way to kind of get your name out there? Great, but I actually think that you know, just being high quality um, from a content perspective, high quality from an audio perspective, and then just getting—it uh, depends on the podcast, right? But if you have so, uh, a podcast where you have guests getting high-profile guests, or being on other podcasts where they have decent listenerships, that actually can provide a, a, a huge lift effect for you. So I think it's not too late, um, but I think you, there's just certain tricks of the trade that you need to pay attention to and there's certain things you just have to have you can't just have terrible quality it's just not going to work you won't get a listenership and you know one way that uh one way that you can dabble into this space is to go ahead and start um especially if you've got some domain expertise right let's just say you're a specialist in something because you've written a book or you've blogged about it why not start by just trying to get appearances booked on other people's shows just to see whether or not you know you feel comfortable behind the microphone um And I'll tell you what the other thing is that I've seen, I've been tracking the business category like every single day for a year. And one of the advantages that I think to anyone who's listening 
can apply is consistency. I have consistently podcasted every week for 80 weeks. I have not missed a week. And I during this time, I've seen podcasters drop off. And I think this is the key to success is consistency. I have seen so many podcasters, for whatever reason, lose their mojo because the holidays were around or they went to a show and they just all of a sudden stop podcasting. So if you are a uh, someone who understands how to put systems in place and you understand how to um, you know, be consistent. Like you told me beforehand, Mike, you batch up a bunch, right? So that you can try to be somewhat consistent with your shows. But I think consistency is key. And so many of my friends have, have stopped sometimes for a month and then they're back and then boom, they're not doing it at all anymore. So that's part of the reason why I think so many new podcasts are popping into the business category because at the same time, you know, when people rush in, a lot of times they give up for whatever reason, because, um, it's not what they thought they wanted to do or whatever. So I still think there's a massive opportunity. And my opinion is that it's still Greenfield days. Um, you know, I felt like when I got started a year and a half ago, I was really late to this game. <laughs> but now that I've in it, I'm in it and I've seen so many new podcasts pop up and so many old ones go away. I'm just wondering whether or not we're just getting started with this thing. Yeah. You know, I, I tend to be a little bit, uh, I guess, by the nature of my job as an analyst, or I tend to be a little bit cynical sometimes. I, I think it kind of goes, but I think you're right. And I think that you mentioned niches and kind of expertise. I think that's, uh, I, I don't know if someone uses that term, riches and niches, but you know, having uh, deep expertise in a vertical, um, I think is one way to kind of watch a podcast. I mean, there might be a hundred thousand people out there who want to know about long haul trucking, you know? Oh yeah. So why not start the, start the long haul or tr- deep sea well, fishing? <laughs> yeah. Or you're the divorce lawyer, divorce lawyer. There's probably not a great divorce lawyer podcast. Not, I mean, who knows there's so many niches that people want to know about, um, that I think that's where there's going to be a lot of opportunity. Now I know you've interviewed a lot of, um, people that, um, work for some of the networks like Norm Pat's, I think I'm saying his right his name right. The guy that started Westwood One and is with Podcast One, Pattis. 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 Okay, yeah. yeah. So, talk to me a little bit about. And I know a lot of people listening are probably curious as to whether advertisers are starting to take notice of podcasting. And I'm not just talking about advertisers that are looking for leads and you know demand generation kind of advertisers. I'm talking about the big advertisers. What's your thoughts? Are they starting to take notice of podcasting as a viable alternative to radio? I think so. I mean, if you if you go back five years it was a lot of the same names that we probably still hear you know if you listen to a lot of podcasts um you hear you know things like squarespace and audible audible and and citrix and you know those guys are still advertising because they're smart about it and they realize that there was an under underused medium from an advertising perspective but i think that advertisers are realizing that this is a, a viable medium i think that one of the reasons they stayed away was a, there wasn't a mature uh, kind of infrastructure built around advertising, and that's starting to change with guys like Norm Pattis at Podcast One. But I also think that they're realizing that it's a highly com- high conversion medium, right? So because people build these relationships with the personalities, and oftentimes it's the personalities that are reading the advertising copy or putting into their voice. And by by the way, a lot of these these personalities, if it's a Mark Marin or or someone in the business space, and they're doing a spot. They usually have the right of refusal around what the advertisement is, so they're not going to be pushing, uh, you know, Viagra if they don't believe that they want to do Viagra on the right, podcast. Right. They're gonna, they want, they usually approve of the product. They actually like it. So um, it's because of that you, when you usually have the the personality doing the ad 
copy, putting it in their own voice, uh, and they oftentimes believe in the product, it's it converts pretty well. And and the metrics are actually fairly easy to realize because oftentimes there's a you know a coupon code relate, related to the specific podcast, right? So they can see how well it's converting. And I think a lot of the bigger uh, uh, co- companies are realizing that uh, you're starting to see car companies, you're starting to see these others, and I don't. I don't think that if you talk to a lot of podcasters, like they aren't waiting to be legitimized by the you know Coca Cola coming into the market, but I'm sure they're excited about just more advertising in general. And when you have uh, you know the the market maturing from a metric standpoint, from a kind of a, an advertising uh, infrastructure standpoint, and they see that as converting, I think that that's all translating to more bigger advertisers and the agencies getting involved. So what I hear you saying is. Um these big advertisers are coming and it, they're probably going to be here soon, especially with podcast one trying to do what they're doing. And, um, it, it, it seems like if I put my analysis on this, the fact that you said earlier in this, um, interview that these podcasters are seeing increasing growth numbers, especially the big podcasters, they're seeing their numbers go up every single month, which means there's a mass migration to this new listening platform. Um, as the, audience is there, there will come the advertisers. And we saw the exact same thing happen with Facebook, right? I mean, as more and more people rushed to using Facebook, big, big, big money came to it. So it seems like it's probably just a matter of time before we begin to see um, really interesting opportunities coming on the advertising frontier. Would you agree with that? I think so. I mean, by the way, there's other guys like Jeff Ulrich over at uh, Earwolf, the comedy Podcast network. They have a, a podcast platform called the Mid Roll. So I don't, I, you know, Norm is one of them. There's yep. a, there's others as well. You know, I I think so. But I, I you know I I also would caution that you know I don't know if podcasting will ever be as big as um uh, because the numbers are never as big. And I think that marketers and advertisers sometimes get in, in, enamored with like large numbers. So if you look at like tech blogs, for example, if you look at you know online media, you could get a a, a post. Or something that's shared like a million times, or liked it, you know, a hundred thousand times, and a download for a podcast for a hundred thousand downloads. That's you got to be a big podcast to get those numbers. So I think that, you know, I do think that bigger advertisers are coming. I think the, the market's definitely growing. There's going to have to be some sort of a amalgamation of all these different podcasts together into some big network in order to really draw their attention. It sounds yeah, like. yeah, yeah, and that that is something that is happening with, with podcast, these podcast agencies and these ad agencies, they are selling it. So like you're, you're seeing guys like Norm and, and Jeff over at, at the mid roll. They're saying, well, we'll sell you not only Adam Carolla's podcast, we'll sell you Mark Marin's. We'll see you this. So if you're someone like GM, you don't just necessarily want to buy one podcast. You want to buy across a line of podcasts and, and push your new product that's coming out next week. So that's that type of maturation is happening. So I think that'll bring more and more advertisers in. I'm just being a little bit cautious because I'm a cautious analyst, but I do think that this this math maturation of the infrastructure and the and the way people are selling podcasts is is going to be a big deal. Okay, I know you also um, recently got back from the Consumer Electronics Show, and you saw some cool stuff there, and you mentioned a little bit about cars. Do you see any other trends? Like if you if you if you were able to put on your you know, prediction cap. Do you see any other interesting trends that are likely to happen in 2014 when it comes specifically to podcasting or, or things that you're, you're kind of seeing in the early stages and just to kind of give people a little bit of glimmer of where this is possibly going? I think that there's kind of a, a little bit of a, and this is a good thing if you're talent, I I think that people are looking for good talent to bring into podcast networks because I think that the, 
it's it's people are trying to grow their podcast networks and, and try to add talent. And there's a lot of independent voices out there that are doing good work that haven't been affiliated. So I think that's a trend that I'm seeing starting to happen. Um, I also think that you're just going to see uh, more and more um, new service, new podcast listening services or, or apps from maybe traditional media players. I mean, you saw uh, iHeartRadio uh, late last year, which is iHeartRadio is largely known as a uh, a music service, they actually launched a, a talk version. Mm. Um, so I think that you're going to see more and more of these established people who are coming out of the broadcast side and coming out of the radio side create some sort of like spoken word type of uh, either service or podcast uh, or, or app. So I think that trend is happening as well. And I just think that you're seeing a lot of new creative voices come in. I mean, the great thing about podcasting is it is a medium that has really no constraints on it around time. Um, you don't have someone who owns an expensive radio station saying you have to be done by 11 o'clock so we can get the, the news on. It's just this format. And, and we could keep rolling as long as we want to, as long as people are willing it to listen. It is. I right? mean, now that's dangerous to you for people who don't know how to kind of right. control their control themselves. I mean, you could you could ramble on for three hours, but you won't have any listeners. So you have to be disciplined around your you know what you do and what you create. But people who um, – who are good and, and are creative. I think this is a huge opportunity and you're starting to see really interesting voices come to the fore across a lot of different types, be it business or, or arts or, or fiction. Uh, you're seeing a lot of really new and interesting voices. So I'm excited for that. Well, and you know, if we, if we really think back about this, right, there's really always traditionally been three types of, of media out there. There's been print, there's been video and there's been audio. And, you know, today it seems like the blogs and online platforms have begun offsetting print. And obviously the YouTubes of the world and Vimeos have begun offsetting um, television. And it seems as if, and, and both of those have been around a while. The blogging platforms have been around for at least a decade. And the YouTube platforms have been around for a while. But, but this audio revolution that's going on, especially when it comes to on-demand content and on-demand talk really has only been going on actively since around 2004, 2005. So this seems to be one of these kind of, um, I think, once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, really, because they're, you know, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but, you know, I don't think there's going to be, you know, I think talk or spoken word, as you refer to it, is going to be popular. And and it's just going to be a question of whether we call it a podcast or what we call it and what medium it's delivered through. But, but I think that, um, you know, we have not had this kind of um, new medium um, in a long time. And I think it represents an enormous opportunity. And I know you're cautious, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. You know, I do. And I think that, you know, I, I kind of liken the, the podcast um, uh, roller coaster ride to it's akin a little bit to kind of a, a VH1 behind the scene <laughs> behind the music special where you know you had the the fast rise to fame um, and then you had like the the drop into the trough of a dissolution <laughs> and now we're in the part of the show where it's, where it's the comeback right um, and I think that it's going to come back and it's going to be bigger than ever so you know the podcasting went through kind of a flat a flat spot and I think that corresponded with the rise of social media um, but I think now um, with all these these new platforms like mobility and our cars and apps and and all these great voices getting into it that I think it's a huge, huge opportunity. And I think you're going to see a lot more people listen to podcasts. Now, it's, it's somewhat anecdotal, but I'm sure you can tell of anecdotal stories of like people you know who never listened to podcasts a couple of years ago are now 
talking about podcasts. You know, I'm my one of wife, them. My <laughs> wife, who would never listen to podcasts, uh, I, I never would have thought of, she talks about you know, podcasts now. So I just think you're seeing this huge growth in people who aren't technical, who aren't nerdy, um, who, you know, who maybe five years ago, you would never expect to listen to podcasts or listening to podcasts. That's great. And one other thing I think is really exciting is I think, you know, I, there's this word, you know, transmedia, which has kind of gotten a bad rap, but I think the mixing of all forms of media is, you know, so you're starting to see people put spoken word into eBooks, right? Or you can take podcasts and make an eBook out of it, or you can take, you know, your web put do your podcast on Google Plus, which is a form of web video, and then you then syndicate it to iTunes. So, all these forms of media's that you just mentioned, Mike, are a lot of it's just being mixed and matched and distributed through all these different distribution platforms, which I think is really exciting as well. I think we're going to look back at this er- at this time right now, and we're going to say, "Remember when?" Because I really do think that um, it's pretty awesome and. Uh, I hope everyone listening right now is beginning to get excited about this. And if you're not in it, um, get in it. And if you are, congratulations, stick with it. Um, Mike, let's talk about where folks can learn more about you and your awesome uh, Next Market podcast. Yeah, you can find me, of course, on iTunes. and Just look for the, the word Next Market, two words together, Next Market. Um, you can also find me on, on SoundCloud. But also, if you Google the words podcast project, I'm the number one result. Because I've been, uh, I you know, I I put a page on my website, what I call the podcast project. So all these interviews I've done with these people uh, in the world of podcasting, kind of trying to make it a business, um, I put them all on one page. If you want to listen to them there as well, but you know, subscribe to my podcast. I'd appreciate it. Michael Wolf, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to talk to us about the world of podcasting. Very awesome conversation. Hey, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Well, I hope that. You are convinced that podcasting is a big, incredible greenfield opportunity. And I know that there was a lot of things we mentioned in today's podcast. And the good news is that we have pretty extensive show notes available for you. And the easiest way to find those is by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash 80 slash 80. You'll find uh, basically a transcript of today's interview all sorts of references to everything we've talked about and the ability, of course, to leave comments and questions. So this does bring us to the end of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. And it's so fun hanging out with you. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. Catch you next week. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.